Coming up on golf today, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Tiger Woods and the Pip. The 15-time major champ is the most popular player ever. But what if he doesn't play in enough designated events? Should the big cat still be paid in full? An invitation to the Masters on the line in Puerto Rico at the Latin America Amateur Championship. Rich Lerner is on site, and you will hear from the defending champ. Plus, certified golf nut, 11-time Pro Bowl receiver Larry Fitzgerald gearing up for next week's LPGA season opener. He stops by to talk tournament prep, dominance at Pebble, and his well-worn passport. Bon voyage. It's golf today. Golf today. And the PGA Tour makes the leap from Maui to Oahu this week for the Sony Open in Hawaii. Venerable Wildlife Country Club ready for its close-up. Once again, Hideki Matsuyama is your defending champion. This is Golf Today. Damon Hack alongside Eamon Lynch. And I must say, I just love the differences between last week at Kapalua where you know, John Rahm used his hammer. I guess this week at Wild, I'll be more of a scalpel on this golf course. Definitely a, a different test. At Wailai, it's, uh, I guess, a much more strategic test, and it's why you have a much more eclectic group of winners here over the years. You know, you've got long ballers like Justin Thomas, Hideki last year. You've got puff ballers out there like Matt Kuchar, <laughs> who've won as well. But one thing never changes, Damon. I was looking at the history of this tournament last night. If Colin Morikawa is looking for a little comfort after what happened last week, 50 years ago, Tom Watson led by four, clear of the field, heading mm. into the final round of the Sony Open. He didn't win then either, but he went on to win 39 PGA Tour events and eight majors. You play this game long enough, it's going to get you at some point. Paige McKenzie, what do you enjoy the most about the Sony Open in Hawaii? Well, I think it's the history. It's the the golf history. We talk about uh, some of the great shots that we've seen Aoki holding out on the final hole. You remember Russell Henley making a nice little stretch when he ended up winning here. Uh, there's a lot that goes on, whether it's Michelle Wee that had played here, Tad Fujikawa, um, and then the very noticeable Palms uh, W in the background. But Damon, and I, I've told this story, I think, every year since I worked at Golf Channel. This is where my grandfather was actually uh, came after he immigrated from Scotland. And, and so I have a personal history here as he got a hole-in-one at Wildlife. Oh, I love that story. And I tell you what, this golf course is so different. If, if That's a shift in climate, that by is the way, a going from Scotland to Oahu. Right? I tell you what, but you can see how Paige McKenzie comes by her, her golfing uh, bona fides. Do you not? Sure. No question about it. Well, different test last week will be a lot much more of a flat golf course. This week, and I use the reference of a hammer. Speaking of what John Romney was speaking of, a hammer national championship turned into a blowout last night at SoFi Stadium as Georgia took down TCU 65 to 7. I sent my boys to sleep at halftime as the team's second straight title. The Bulldogs now own the record for the largest blowout in national championship history. And speaking of the dogs, we'll see some Georgia boys in the field this week. In fact, 10 Georgia Bulldogs are members of the PGA Tour, eight are in this field. Brian Harmon among them, Chris Kirk, Keith Mitchell, Grayson Sig, Davis Thompson, Brendan Todd as well. It's going to be a lot of fun this week at the Sony Open. I'll tell you what, while I've been home to the Sony since it began in 1965, this is the third oldest PGA Tour event in which every round of the tournament's history has been played on the same course. So only the Masters at Augusta National and the Charles Schwab Invitational at Colonial have hosted every round of a tournament for a longer 
time. Let's flash back to one year ago. Hideki Matsuyama, early contender for shot of the year last year. This is the first hole of the playoff between Russell Henley and Hideki, 2021 Masters champion. This brilliant three wood aiming into the par five. You can hardly see it because the sun was set. That one landed like a pitching wedge, Damon. Mm, a butterfly with sore feet. And you can see the eagle putt just pours that in for the winning moment. A fantastic shot by the major champ. And Hideki in the field this week. But what are the outright odds at Wild? Uh, Tom Kim has been on the scene for about five minutes. He's the favorite at plus 1,100. See Sung J.M. At plus 1400. Tom Kim, Eamon Lynch, this is not a misprint. He is the favorite to win the Sony Open in Hawaii. And a defensible favorite at that because this isn't, to your point about last week's golf course, this isn't where you're going to use a hammer. It is where you're going to use a scalpel. Mm. Where you hit the ball matters a little bit more than how far you hit it at Wailai. And Tom Kim, he's in the top 10 in. Uh, strokes gain approach on the PGA Tour. At least he was last year. We're talking about a guy who didn't play enough rounds to be officially measured, but right. had he played enough rounds, this is where he would have finished. And he was actually fourth in driving accuracy on the PGA Tour. So he has the, the statistical profile of a guy who could do very well Isn't at a it, golf course like this. It's just amazing how quickly this has all happened. And you think about the status and how quickly he has risen to these big moments already, these big stages in the game. Think about September and the President's Cup. He was a talisman, a tone setter for the international team and the captain, Trevor Immelman. I mean, look at this 20-year-old, so comfortable already. He went 2-3-0. and oh. It was absolutely a rock for this team in the big moments. But the thing was, Eamon, he wasn't even done. He was 24 players, by the way, in the President's Cup, Tom Kim, was one of them and one of the most important. Then you go flash forward to December. He's at the Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas, and he's hanging out with Tiger Woods. They're fist pumping, doing a closest to the pin contest. 20 players in this field. Tom Kim is one of them. And then you go to last week in Maui. 39 players in this field. He's hanging out with Jordan Spieth, who he also happened to have Christmas dinner with, so he's moving in on Justin Thomas as, as best friend territory for Jordan Spieth. But 39 players in that field, winners and tour championship participants, and Tom Kim is one of them. And it's not just his great personality. He's earned those big places in this game. It has been a meteoric rise, but the fact that it has been interpreted as so meteoric in America also speaks, I suppose, to the insularity of, of us. In a way, because Tom Kim, he's 20 years old, but he's won 11 times as a professional. Just last year, he played 25 times last year on five different tours. Yes. And won three times. He was top 10 in almost half of those events around the world. So the, he plays a lot. He travels a lot. He's a sort of a roving, itinerant golfer in, in the way that, you know, Ernie Els, for instance, conducted his career. But he's made his way all the way up to 14 in the official World Golf Rankings. You go back to a year ago with the Sony, he was outside the top 130. Yeah. So he, he's earned everything he's got. And because of the aforementioned statistical performance, I think he's earned the right to be considered the favorite. He's the highest ranked guy in the field. How about that, Paige, as someone who played this game at the highest mm -hmm. level? You know, it's often a grind. Young players trying to figure life out on the road. What do you make of this meteoric rise of Tom Kim? 
<laughs> well, it's pretty fun to watch, I can tell you that. Um, and listening him, to him talk, one of the things that has struck me is the curiosity that he has with the game. Uh, he asks people questions. He wants to know what other people have done in their career, which I think is a sign of actual maturity. The fact that you can take in new information, decide what you want to use and what it would work for you, and maybe throw away the rest. I think the biggest uh, problem is when people take it all in and then maybe try to change what they're doing. Uh, but for Tom Kim, there seems to be a natural curiosity about how he approaches the game, wanting to know more and having a thirst for that kind of knowledge. Uh, so that, that part of it I appreciate and admire as, as a professional golfer. And, and he really is fun to watch. In these big moments, he seems very comfortable. And I think that also shows some level of maturity. It, nothing seems to have phased him yet, which, Damon, you pointed out, all of those new thresholds and plateaus that he's reached and the company that he now keeps, um, I, I'm pretty sure he's levitating right now based on the, the confidence and the exposure that he's had. Um, but everything comes back down to he's the real deal when it comes to the physicality of playing this game. Paige, we get that we all are engaged by him, we're entertained by him. Clearly his peers enjoy mm -hmm. being around him as well. The bookies tend to come at it from a different perspective than fans or other golfers. Do you... Are you surprised to see him listed as the odds-on favorite for this week? Uh, a, a little bit, yes and no. I, I'm not necessarily surprised that he's a favorite. I think his odds are not a ton of value if you want to play Tom Kim this week at plus 1,100. When I look at the odds in this, these numbers, it's hard to kind of quantify what does this mean. But if you put it into terms of implied probability, at plus 1,100 or 11 to 1, that would put him at an eight and a third percent chance to win. I, that's tough for me to feel like there's a ton of value for Tom Kim this week. Maybe it's something that you wait through the first round, see where he is at. Maybe you can get a better number a little bit down the road. Even some of the other sports books have him at 10 to one, which is even shorter odds, which implies a greater probability that he will win. Uh, so I, I don't see a ton of value here, but I'm not necessarily surprised that he would be the odds favorite. Uh, as you mentioned, given the fact that he's crossed the finish line, He's, he's won golf tournaments recently. Um, for that reason, it, it makes sense that you'd have somebody riding high, even though he doesn't have the course history that some of the other players do have. Well, why do you think he's the favorite then? You've got you know, players like Hideki Matsuyama in this field. Jordan Spieth is in this right. field. I mean, do you think that the boogies are like, maybe you know, this is, this is the, the flavor of the month, the flavor of the last six months? Well, they also weigh where the bets are coming in at. So the, there's certainly the, the chance that maybe more people are laying money on Tom Kim, so that's why they're shortening the odds to kind of hedge their exposure. But I also, I am looking at the golf course, and you've made a good point of that it tends to not always favor the long hitters, that a lot of players have had the opportunity that, that aren't long. Corey Pavin, David Tom, Zach Johnson, Matt Kuchar, Kevin Na, all winners at this golf course. And when you break it down, part of it's because it's a par 70, so only two par fives that are reachable and those par fives are reachable for pretty much everybody in the field. So there's not really an advantage for length and scoring on those. And then there's the four par threes. Part of that reason could be why Tom Kim is favored. He is, at least early in the season, the leader on the PGA Tour in par three scoring. Uh, he's known for striping the ball. Typically a windy golf course. However, forecast isn't that bad if you're talking about a seaside Hawaii course for the weekend. But those are reasons why he might be favored uh, or that he is favored, excuse me, this week.
Yeah, fourth in strokes gained total, third strokes gained tee to green. Small sample in 2023, but we saw a lot of consistency and adaptability in 2022 as well. And we saw that even last week, a golf course he also had never experienced last week, right. the plantation course at Kapalua. He finished tied fifth in, in one of the strongest fields we're likely to see this year. So I guess it becomes this question of no history versus mixed history. Jordan Spieth, for example, one spot behind him in the official World Golf Ranking. Mm played here four times, missed the cut in half of his appearances. Yeah, I think the, the, the bottom line is maybe we are seeing a, a special, special player, and we shouldn't be so surprised anymore. He shot 61. He shot 62. He's won a golf tournament by opening with a quadruple bogey, and not just winning, but winning by five. I mean, Paige, this is someone who, you know, on golf courses that he arrives to sight unseen, continues to find a way to contend. I think that shows some maturity in how he approaches it and that he can take really good notes. Or if he, he hasn't had a real good exposure, he knows and can trust in his golf swing and his golf game. And, and you mentioned it, we've mentioned it, that the ball striking is a strength of his. I will say that if you are playing fantasy golf or putting some money down, one of the kind of edge that I've noticed, not only is the winner's distance doesn't really matter, but, but truly the putt putter matters. Uh, most of the winners, at least recently, haven't ball strike their way to the win. Five out of the last six winners all were in the top three in strokes game putting. So I think for Tom Kim to win or for anybody that may be looking to take advantage of a good week here, it appears that this golf course, more than others um, or more than other parts of the game, is going to lean on those that are the best on the greens. Yeah, Tom Kim has the right attitude. He's precocious in building a robust resume, very young in his career. Now, folks, before we go to break, let's take a look at the Comcast Business Tour Top 10. Tell you what, with the victory, Rom earns 550 points and moves to number four in the standing. There's Tom Kim. You see him smiling at number three. All of these players are smiling. The reason this is so important is since 2009, every player who finished in the Comcast Business Tour Top 10 has made it to the Tour Championship at Eastlake. So if players finish in the Top 10, odds are they're going to make it, Eamon, to the Tour Championship. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Back on Golf Today, Larry Fitzgerald, one of the best to ever do it, drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in 2004, spent 17 years in the league where he amassed quite the resume, 2016 Walter Payton, NFL Man of the Year. By the way, that's for his work off 
the field, charity giving back to the community, member of the 2010s All-Decade Team, 2008 First Team All-Pro, 11-time Pro Bowl, two-time NFL leader in receptions, 2003 Belitnikoff Award winner. That was back when he was at Pitt. And then off the field, yeah, the golf bug has bit him. Deserves some high praise, I think, 2018. He and Kevin Streelman took home the title at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Then in 2020, the duo returned to the winner's circle, becoming the fourth team to win the event twice. And Larry will be teeing it up next week's Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions at Lake Nona Golf and Country Club. The 11-time Pro Bowler joins us now. Larry, as someone who spent 17 seasons in the NFL, I wanted to start with DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. So many in the sports world have been thinking about him and praying for him. What have the last days been like for you observing his situation? Well, you know, I, I, I like most people, sitting there uh, last Monday watching, you know, what was unfolding and not knowing the clarity of what was happening. You know, like you're just confused. Um, the game that you love so much, um, could possibly take so much from somebody on the field. And, uh, you know, to see that he's making a full recovery now is back in Buffalo to, you know, finish his rehab. It, it's so wonderful for not only him, but for for the league and, and everybody who prayed for him to, to get back. And him being a Pitt alumni, the same as I am, is even a, a greater sense of pride, um, you know, just to see how strong he is, how he's able to bring so many people together, um, you know, in support of him and, and his rehabilitation. Larry, because of the player and person that you are, I told my sports craze sons at dinner last night that you were coming on the show, and the conversation veered to whether or not you could have played on the PGA Tour had you played golf from the beginning and not football with your work ethic, your hands, your drive. What do you think about that notion? Uh, I think, you know, making a PGA Tour uh, or the tour in general, LPGA, all of the tours are, are much more difficult than, than football. I tell people this all the time. Like, I was born you know, bigger and stronger and quicker with better hand-eye coordination. And you know, that, those are gifts that, you know, just were bestowed upon me at birth. Um, at golf, it doesn't matter, you know, how big or how strong or how quick or how explosive. If you don't put the time and dedication into, you know, all the aspects of the game, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And that's what I really respect so much about professional golfers in general. Um, you can walk into a tournament with 82 wins and, and and you know 15 majors and every accolade you know known to man but if you don't play on thursday and friday you go home without a check and um i, I just really love the the responsibility and um and, and just how much dedication goes into being great every single day you step on that golf course and that's what i think you know really draws people to the game larry you're quite a regular now on this pro celebrity circuit and you spent your entire professional career in high pressure situations but what was it like the first time you stepped on to the tee in a tournament setting with an audience and a driver in your hand you know what that's funny you asked that uh, you know in all the football games 260 plus games i've never been like really nervous i mean i, I get butterflies but not nervous to the point where I, I don't feel like i can execute what i'm trying to accomplish you know coming down the stretch you know, at the AT&T and some of these other events that I've played in, like literally can feel my hands, over, you know, kind of like a little shaky. And I was like, you've been in moments where there's like 70,000 people, a million people watching you and you're less nervous than you are handing over this putt. And it's the craziest thing, you know, when when you know, we saw this week with, with Colin Morikawa, you know, I mean, like have a six, seven shot lead, you know, you know, starting the tournament and, you know, things can quickly go, you know, off the rails. And, you know, anybody that's played a game and played at a competitive level, you know, you know what that feeling is like. And I can only imagine 
um, you know, playing it in majors and Ryder Cup and moments where the moments are so big, the nerves that are going through you. You overcame those nerves pretty well. You partnered with Kevin Streelman. You won the AT&T by five. You won the other time out there by even more uh, strokes than five. Are you afraid that if you win a third time next month at the Sandbagger, police are going to be investigating you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, winning, winning, winning those events are not very good for you and your, your relationships at your club that you're associated with because you are considered that guy. But anybody that's played with me knows... I can shoot 70 any day and I can shoot 90. It's and I have no idea why it, it happens like but yeah, I catch a lot of flack and, and I don't think winning the AT&T will bode well for another invitation to come back out there and play again. Um so, you know, I want to be competitive and I'm going to let Strills do his thing and uh, I'm going to ride his coattail. Well, just so you know, we actually both have an affinity for Pebble. I finished tied for second at the Pure Insurance, as I'm sure you're well aware, and you have your couple wins with Streels. Yep. Why have you two gelled so well? I'm just curious. What was the relationship? You know, Kevin and I, and I've known him since 2013 when I first started playing golf. And, you know, you guys have been lifetime uh, golfers and and understand, you know, how hard it is to play with somebody who's a 22, 23 handicap just getting in the game. And the patience he showed with me, you know, going out there and working on hand placement and, you know, ball placement and working with me for hours and hours and hours on the range up there at Whisper Rock, you know, really helping me with the psychology, helping me understand and think my way around the golf course. And, you know, I saw him having to give me, you know, 22 shots now, you know, down to a lot less. And, you know, he's got tape of me hitting ball washers off the tee box and all type of craziness. And, you know, that, that like somebody that cares so much about you and wanting to see you do really well, that playing at that level, the time and dedication that's required to do that, showed me a lot about who he was as a man. And I love Strills, one of my closest friends in the world. And to be able to go out and spend a couple of days, you know, kind of in his arena and see how he handles the nerves and see how he handles the, the, the crowds and the fans and everything that goes around it really just, you know, even endears him to, to me that much more because he's a special human being. Larry, you mentioned Whisper Rock. Is it true they wouldn't let you in until you could prove you could break 90? And if that is true, how long after you broke 90 did you wait to make that phone call? Uh, so Greg Trius, you know, I, I, a mutual friend of ours named John Langby connected to me with Greg, and he told him I, I really wanted to join. And Greg, he came, he asked me to come out. I played with him. And after the round, he said, Larry, you know, you're a great guy. I really think you would be a wonderful addition, but I'm not playing behind you ever. Like, you, you're slow. You're set up. Everything you do, looking for your balls. Worker at Whisper Rock. So here, here's the plan. You're gonna have to break 90. You're gonna have to put the time in. You're gonna have to get better if you want to be a member here. And I, and I, I remember him just completely lighting the fire under my feet. And I worked tireless, tirelessly. You know, Andrew gets it on the back of the range up at Greyhawk at like 5:30 in the morning when the sun would come out, working until seven. And I would drive down to practice at eight o'clock in the morning, like every single day in the off season. And I finally broke uh, 90. I shot like 88 um, over at McCormick Ranch, and I was like one of the proudest days of my life. And uh, I called Mr. Trius and said, Mr. Trius, I, I, I did it. I shot 88. He was like, now here's the wire instruction. I'm, I'm glad to have you. And that's kind of how it happened. So it was, it was a great day. Here are the wiring instructions. Definitely not a small number. <laughs> and speaking of not a small number, you've traveled like 100 countries on the globe, both for charity and personal reasons. How did that thirst for other cultures come about? Well, when I was a youngster, my mom and dad would, you know, we didn't have the the money to travel internationally, right? But they would take us, you know, to different places around the country. You know, we'd drive to Gettysburg. You know, we would go to, um, you know, 
you know, Yellowstone National Park, Glacier, Yosemite, you know, Salt Lake, you know, just cool places around the country that were historic. Um, and, and it really kind of, you know, built my passion and, and love for travel. And when I got to the league at 20 years old, you know, and I finally was able to do some things on my own, I just just started moving around and traveling. So I've been to a, about 108 countries. I, I own my own travel company in Nomad Hill, um, you know, that does bespoke travel. Um, and, and so I, I really enjoy just getting out and, and seeing different cultures and, you know, playing different golf courses and trying different zines and, and learning about people and, and things about uh, that are interesting about the countries. And um, I'm going to be in New Zealand in a couple of weeks playing in New Zealand Open, which I'm really excited to get a chance to go see Terry Eady. Um, they got a new course there that I'm, uh, I'm really, really, um, chomping at the bit to go go play. So between that and the Tournament of Champions, you're making more starts than some guys who actually play this game for a living <laughs> right now, Larry. What are you expecting yeah. <laughs> at the at the Hilton Tournament of Champions? And what have you told them you're playing to as a handicap? <laughs> um, I'm playing, I'm about a, a four or five right now, being realistic. But this is one of my favorite tournaments, honestly, because like some, some of the, the rounds that I've seen some of the ladies play, I got a chance to play with Jessica Corda three years ago when she shot uh, 60. You know, uh, I was keeping her scorecard and I remember around like the 12th hole, she came up to me and said, Larry, you haven't been talking to me very much. I said, Jess, I don't know if you've known what you're doing right now, but you, you in fuego right now. I, I think I need to get away from you a little bit so you can focus on what you need to do. And so, like, it's it's very rare, and you guys have been playing for a long time, to see somebody who's completely in control of their game. And, you know, you be able to stand five feet away and listen to her have dialogue with her caddy talking about, hey, I want to be able to, you know, hit a high cut into this green and, you know, let the let the undulation bring it down to a level putt for me and, and then be able to see her executed time after time after time. You know, it's really a special moment. And, you know, anybody that plays golf understands how difficult it is to kind of be in those moments and be able to play with MB Park and some of the greatest players, you know, of, of all time. It's such a treat for me to be able to do that. Well, Larry, we could talk to you all afternoon, but I imagine you have a tea time somewhere. So uh, thanks for the time. Uh, best of luck next week in Orlando, and we'll speak to you down Thank the road. Thank you. It's always great to be with you guys. Hope you have a wonderful day. And you, too, one of the best to ever do it. Larry Fitzgerald, you want to watch a little football on NBC this weekend? Wild card games. You got the Chargers and the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence against Justin Herbert. And you got the Ravens and the Bengals. It's Lamar Jackson going to play or not TBD. Stay with us as later this month the APGA Tour season kicks off at Torrey Pines. When Golf Today returns, we're catching up with Joe Hooks as he gets set to tee it up at the Fame venue. We're back after this. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. 
Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The APGA Tour, by the way, established in 2010, nonprofit organization with a mission to bring greater diversity to the game of golf. And later this month, its season kicks off at beautiful Torrey Pines with the 36-hole Farmers Insurance Invitational, which features an elite field of 18 and 36 holes with the final round airing on Golf Channel on Sunday, January the 29th. And one of the participants, how about Joe Hooks? Detroit native, played his college golf at Wayne State University in his 2022 season on the APGA Tour, included three runner-up finishes, TPC Las Vegas, TPC Sugarloaf, also in Bermuda, the seventh Lexus Cup finish, 13th in the Farmers Insurance Fall Series, and Joe Hooks joins us on this Tuesday edition of golf today. Joe, it's great to see you. What's the greatest significance for the players on the APGA Tour having access to compete at a place like Torrey Pines once again? Well, first of all, thanks thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be on here, and uh, it's a pleasure to be representing the APGA uh, every step of the way over the last, you know, last couple of years. Um, but uh, our opportunity is that the opportunity that we have presented for us at Farmers is unbelievable. Uh, it's and it just kind of goes to show that when you have corporate support and people at the top of these you know companies that care about seeing things change and seeing the the image of certain i guess you could say the image of certain things about the game of golf change you know it just shows that the the sky is the limit and uh this will be my third time competing at at the farmers in, invite and you know, it's just, it's a blessing and especially being able to potentially get, you know, a little bit of coverage on Golf Channel. That's, that's just a huge blessing, so. Joe, we, we've seen your record on the APGA. You've talked about the importance of corporations offering their support to it. What would your pathway and the pathway of other minority golfers in the game look like without the APGA Tour? You know, it first of all, it would be, it would just be, uh, we wouldn't have as much visibility, you know? Uh, the APGA has given us this tremendous platform to kind of shine and for the, you know, a lot of the best talent, you know, of people of cover, color to be able to just shine and compete against each other and, you know, compete at amazing golf courses and, you know, compete in front of, major companies like Cisco and Farmers, you know, and just represent the brands that some of us are, you know, blessed to be sponsored and partnered with on our own accord. Like for me, I have Golf Tech, um, Roback, uh, Short Part 4, and, you know, those companies have been amazing for me over the past <clears throat> past year and the past two years. But, you know, it's, it just get, has given me a place to shine and continue to just hone my craft on difficult golf courses. Joe, your, your so. craft is, is being honed very well. I've done some research. You're known as a guy not afraid to take it deep. Three runner-up finishes last season, player to player. What's been working so well for you this time of your career? Just the the support, you know? I mean, I, I, the more financial support you have and the consist, when you're able to be consistent with, you know, 
using and applying certain funds to different areas of your game and being able to be consistent with working on your swing in a place like golf tech for me, um, it just showed, you know, and even with, you know, my buddies like Willie Mack and Kamayu that have, uh, and, and Tim O'Neill, all guys who have, you know, the financial support has become more and more consistent over the past few years. It's just slowly but surely showing that if we're given a chance with, you know, the resources, we're going to continue to just like creep up and creep up. And that's the case for any golfer, whether, you, you know, whether you're a person of color or not, like it's, it's the case, but you know, we're just trying to level the playing field and be able to inspire the next generation of people that absolutely look like us because, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that look like us don't have a clue as to the opportunities that this game presents. So. Joe, last summer you played the, the 100 hole hike to benefit Youth on Course, a great organization that's committed to lowering the cost barrier to entry into golf. And you did it at Sweetens Cove down in Tennessee. 100 hole hike, you shot 44 under par that day. Have you ever <laughs> been in a zone like that? Yes. Uh, that, was, um, that was a special day because. Uh, I kind of took it as a challenge for myself in regards to, I guess you can say, uh, I knew that if I allowed myself to at any point check out because of how long, you know, and how just long the day was. And we started golfing at 5.30 a.m. that day and didn't finish till 7.30 p.m. And so I just took it upon myself to kind of like use it as an opportunity to to just challenge myself to stay locked in as much as I could throughout the day. And it was just a test of will. And it kind of did numbers for me mentally uh, in regards to just how I applied going about the rest of the season, you know, and, you know, just staying, staying focused, staying relaxed. You know, it was a special opportunity, man. And I, and I definitely took advantage of it. Um, but it was all for a good cause, you know, that's what really meant. That's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what meant the most. So that great, was a special day. <laughs> great story of Roger Steele arriving to the golf course a little late. He was delayed and, and, and Joe holes out for Albatross and, and he, just as Roger <laughs> Steele pulls into the parking yeah, lot. <laughs> I love that story. And Joe, and I love your honesty about your rise in the game growing up playing at Detroit Golf Club. You've caddied in Florida as well. I read that sometimes people would ask you if you played basketball growing up and not golf. Why did you want to share those kinds of stories? Well, you know, I, I did grow up playing basketball, but people, especially when I first started caddy, people didn't assume that I was, uh, you know, I had any sort of talent on the golf course. And <clears throat> I think that as players like myself continue to, you know, just creep up through the ranks of the professional level, and, uh, you know, get, as we get opportunities like this to be on Golf Channel, it just gives kids coming up and other people who aren't used to seeing people like me, it just gives us this uh, opportunity to be, uh, you know, it gives us an opportunity for the stereotypes to be removed, right? And, um, you know, people see somebody that looks like me and they could very well be, you know, uh, amazing golfer without any sort of basketball background. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, that's just the reality of it. So, yeah. Joe, you're 
Instagram bio refers to yourself as a vibeologist. <laughs> I think we're going to need a yeah. breakdown on what a vibeologist is. Hey, so, uh, a vibeologist, uh, well, first of all, the phrase was initially coined by Roger Steele. And um, I definitely enjoy, you know, dipping and dabbling with like mixology. Uh, I love to cook. Um, I love to like curate playlists. And I love to kind of set the energy and the vibe in pretty much any setting with, you know, my friends and, you know, my playing partners. Uh, I'm always going to be the person you can count on to make sure everyone feels good in certain moments. And I do that with my family. I try to. And, you know, it's just something that comes second nature to me. And, um, you know, the vibology phrase has been has, has stuck with me. So it's it's funny, but it's it definitely uh, it's, it definitely def defines who I am just outside of just golf alone, so. Well, I hope you find all the right vibes at Torrey Pines. I'll be on the call in a few weeks, and hopefully I'm mentioning the name Joe Hooks quite a bit. Thanks for the time, and best of luck at Torrey, buddy. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be on here. Appreciate you all so much, and uh, I'll, I'll hopefully talk again soon. Sounds like a plan, folks. And by the way, registration for the 2023 PGA Works Collegiate Championship is now open. Now, the 2023 PGA Works Collegiate Championship will be played May 8th, through the 10th at Shoal Creek Golf Club and Bent Brook Golf Course in Birmingham, Alabama. Created in 1986, the PWCC highlights golf programs at the most underserved minority-serving institutions on a national stage. Well, Tiger Woods has won the controversial Player Impact Program both years it has existed, totaling $23 million. Commissioner Jay Monahan was asked at the weekend if he can win it again, given the limited schedule and the requirement that top players compete in all the designated events for which they're eligible. We're going to dig in on Jay Monahan's response to that question next. Let's welcome in Todd Lewis, who was on site with the commissioner last week. T. Lou, what did Jay Monahan say regarding Tiger Woods and the PIP program? <laughs> well, he actually talked about this when the PGA Tour announced these designated events at the Tour Championship in Atlanta last year. But he was pressed uh, about Tiger Woods and not being a part of all of these designated events last week at Kapalua. And the, the thing is that if a player is injured or incapable physically of playing an event, then then the tour is not going to hold that against that player. And we all know what Tiger's issues are, but let's use a more recent player who's got a problem. Let's, Xander Schauffele, he pulled out last week of the Century Tournament of Champions because he's got a back issue. Let's say that back issue continues to linger and he is incapable of playing the two West Coast designated events, the WM Phoenix Open and the following week, the Genesis Invitational. The tour is not going to hold that against him and hold back his PIP money because of an injury. And the same is true with Tiger Woods. Now, there's another caveat with this as well. It's up to the discretion of the commissioner to make the decisions. And I can promise you, Tiger Woods will play as much as he can physically. He will, he will be getting his PIP bonus money. Tiger could post a video on social media of him brushing and flossing and immediately he would be number one in the pip category the other thing is that the players really have no issue 
in regards to Tiger Woods not playing all of the designated events, which is likely to happen because of the injuries that he is facing. So really not a big issue amongst the PGA Tour and amongst the players in regards to Tiger Woods. Fantastic reporting, Todd. This is an interesting situation because Tiger has meant so much to the game of golf, to sports at, at large, and, and to hear Tiger, you know, the, the fact that he kind of helped build the modern-day PGA Tour and he's been a part of these meetings. But I guess I wonder, Eamon, is how much clarity does this situation need? Because is Tiger just going to get pit money in perpetuity? Is it going to be cut off at the age of 50? Uh, the players just might say one thing publicly, might be whispering something else privately. What do you see here? What's important here? I guess it's as long as Tiger Woods is active, Tiger Woods is likely to win the pip. And I, I'm fine with that. I think a lot of players are because yeah. the pip is ultimately about measuring intangibles. The, the FedEx Cup, all the other bonus money measures tangible performance on the golf course. The pip measures performance that is largely intangible off the golf course. And it's basically who engages, who moves the needle, who, who puts eyeballs on the product. Well, that's Tiger, Tiger and Tiger. Yes. And it's a $100 million uh, fund bonus fund in the PIP this year, 15 million of it goes to Tiger Woods. That 15% is his commission because the other 85 million they're paying out wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Tiger Woods. But there's not really a, a race for the PIP if, if Tiger Woods is on the, the ballot, as it were. I don't know. The, you, you look at the antics of DeChambeau and Kepka a couple of years ago, he would have thought there was a race not for the PIP when Tiger, people are going to. I just wonder, and I want to bring Paige McKenzie into this conversation as well. As a player, Paige, and someone who also has dealt with injury, do you think that the, the membership is just going to be okay knowing that Tiger Woods, what he has meant to the game of golf, he can kind of collect as many pip checks as he wants? Yes, yes. I, I think so because I think most players have see the burden that the top players are under every single week. And I mean, for Tiger Woods, it, it extends beyond uh, the ropes and tournament sites. It's about going to restaurants and being recognized. And there's just, that's part of the superstardom. So everyone has a market value off the golf course, whether it's a corporate uh, appearance, a, a speaking engagement, uh, a pro-am that you get paid to go play in a, a corporate outing. Everyone's got a value. And the only difference between what's happening now is that the PGA Tour is paying it out versus a, a third party or any of the other sponsorship endeavors. So I think, I, I truly think it's, it's more payment for continuing to engage in being a professional golfer. Some people don't think you should be paid to do that uh, or at least paid by the PGA Tour to do that. Um, but I think Tiger Woods, he's an ambassador of the PGA Tour everywhere he goes. So he's just getting recognized and paid for that. Are you comfortable with the fact that it's the commissioner's discretion on, on whether it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down, considering that other players get injured, injured as well and that Xander Shoffley, for example, is dealing with his own ailments? I'm comfortable with the discretion, but transparency legitimizes that mm. discretion. The players are sent every month. They're standing in the PIP program. They know where they rank in it. And this year... Unlike previous years, the money has been paid out to the top 20 golfers under the set criteria. If those numbers and standings are sent to the players every year, there's no reason why they can't be available to fans as well. Yeah. The, the, we know that this is an ongoing bonus program for the tour. The fans want to know who moves eyeballs because suddenly if a name that you don't expect pops up in the top 10 of the PIP, 
you're gonna maybe you're gonna pay more attention to that guy. Maybe you're gonna think, well, they must be a pretty good social media follower. Follow yeah, that, yeah. It all it does is add to the eyeballs, add to the transparency. There's no reason why those numbers should just be given to players. How about that, Paige? How important is transparency, considering this isn't all about meritocracy? This isn't all about who shoots 30 under par. There is uh, an element of popularity. Here. It's a different metric than we've seen traditionally in professional golf. Uh, well, to some extent, they did try to eliminate some of the more frivolous popularity aspects of it. They did rework some of the criteria in evaluating for this upcoming season. But I, I truly, uh, just personally, I, I don't really care. It's not important to me to know who gets the bonus money. Because I know the names on that list, we're going to know who they are as it relates to, they're going to be the most famous guys, the ones that are getting the best and biggest exposure on television, the, the groups in those featured groups on the PGA Tour, week in and week out. Like, we know who they are. Uh, do I care to know how much money the PGA Tour is playing them, or paying them, excuse me? I personally don't. I, I mean, I understand how fans are, but it, it, for me, it doesn't, it, it's not important. Uh, it's just that, that's bonus money on, on that they get for the burden that they are under. Yeah, and nobody's had a, a bigger burden than Tiger here. But it's also setting uh, an example for future generations of tour mm. players. If there is transparency and we see the numbers, not necessarily the dollar figures, but just the standings of these guys on a month-to-month -month basis, you realize how someone's conduct can positively or potentially negatively yeah. impact not just the, the, the broader tour, but their own actual revenue stream. And we all use social media. There are some dangerous spots, I feel, in social media. It's still a bit of a, of a wild west, but, but that's, the, that's the era that we live in. And I, I think you're saying a great point in terms of the, the players that are coming up will see the importance of fan engagement and of being popular, not just inside the ropes, but outside the ropes as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it really is a collective organization. You're part of the product. Yeah. And that's really what this is, is driving home. Particularly, we all know the context of the, the, the broader politics of the game that brought the Player Impact Program right. into existence. But it does reinforce the idea that players who are members are part of the product. It is their obligation to promote the product and do their best to promote the product for the good of everyone who is a member of that organization. And, you know, that, that's something that should be driven home to them. Making those numbers transparent and public does show them what the potential rewards of that are. I want to open up this question to the folks at home. Our Golf Today social media question of the day. Speaking of social, should Tiger Woods be eligible for the PIP program regardless of the number of events he plays in. Has he earned that right? Hit us up at GC Golf Today. Well, after the break, Aaron Jarvis joins us ahead of his title defense at the Latin America Amateur Championship. Can he book another trip to the Masters and the Open Championship? We'll be right back. Aaron joins us now from beautiful Puerto Rico. Aaron, great to see you, buddy. Similar climate between the Dominican and Puerto Rico and the Caymans, for that matter. How much comfort do you sense as you prepare for your title defense? Yeah, I think uh, overall it's very similar weather to home. Um, I feel very comfortable here, and I'm just kind of getting used to the wind and seeing which way and which, which way is coming off the ocean and then uh, kind of adjusting to the golf course a little bit. But I feel uh, pretty comfortable here so far. 
Aaron, you come from the Cayman Islands, 72,000 people, only 27 holes of golf. Does it ever strike you as improbable that you've made your way all the way to Augusta National, played in a Masters, played in an Open at St Andrews and might actually do so again if you win again? Yeah, I mean, I think just starting off, you know, it, it takes a lot of hard work and dedication to just uh, put yourself in the position to win a big golf tournament, and that's what I did. And I think now, coming from a small place, I know that uh, I've done it before and, and just put myself in contention this week and maybe get it done again. Was the first golfer to do these things from the Caymans, Masters Open. What's life been like, you know, in the islands in terms of where golf stands? How much has the game grown since you've accomplished these things? Yeah, it's grown a lot. I think, you know, ever since I won the Latin America and it's come home, uh, playing the Masters in the Open, I think the golf courses at home have just gotten super packed, more members, and every day, you know, there's tee times from sunup to sundown. So it's cool to see. It's cool to see more juniors and kids getting involved in the game and that I can uh, help them with. Just to see the growth of the game in the island has uh, meant a lot to me. Aaron, when you went to the Masters, you had a pretty cool rejection during one of the practice rounds, right? I did from the, the one and only, the GOAT, Tiger Woods. What exactly happened? So I was, it was on uh, the Sunday. I'm playing with James uh, Piot, and Tiger goes out in front of us on the back nine, and I see Tiger just playing by himself. So why not give it a shot and ask uh, Tiger if... Uh, he wanted to play and he told me he was just playing by himself today and then it was nice I went up to him after the after we were done and I got to speak to him for about 10 to 15 minutes on the putting green. Well, what did he tell you? you know, obviously it was a serious work week for him. He was clearly focused but he did give you some time afterwards. What did he tell you? Yeah, just kind of some advice for me and you know, I just be yourself and uh, put in the work because if someone's not putting in the work someone else is working harder than you and then it was nice for me I got to see him again at the open and talk to him uh, a little more there and uh, it was nice to just see him a couple times and he was just super supportive and just kept it real with me which was uh, pretty cool to see. Now, Aaron I saw some incredible video of you and your brother Andrew on a boat jumping into this gorgeous water in the Caymans you got Stingray City and Rum Point at your fingertips. How did you get out of the water enough to become this great golfer? Because I just would have stayed at the beach. Yeah, it was tough, you know, when you see the beautiful water and the, the beautiful uh, white sands that the Cayman Islands have. It's, but we were so motivated growing up as brothers to just compete with each other, and uh, the family support just kind of kept us going. I mean, we played sports growing up our whole life, so I think that was just our blood so that kind of kept us going and then when I come home is my time to relax and go back in the beautiful water. Aaron the Caymans is where the Cayman ball was obviously invented as Jack Nicholas's idea it's got pimples rather than dimples very much limited flight golf ball whenever you go back home from college you're playing in the Caymans again maybe using the Cayman ball does that make you less afraid of any potential rollback on equipment in golf because you're so accustomed to actually going from conventional distances way back? Yeah, so I have never actually played with the Cayman ball, but I've heard a lot about it. And knowing where golf maybe could go in the future with the ball changing or whatever's going to happen, I think uh, it's cool to kind of know that Cayman invented a ball to where it didn't go as far. But I think we'll see in the future whether uh, that ball comes back or not.
Well, where do you want to go in the future in this game? It's a hard but uh, a bountiful life as a professional. If you've got the goods, you know, where do you see Aaron five, ten years from now? Yeah, I mean, I think just finishing my college, my four years, and getting my degree in hospitality, and then from there, hopefully my, my game just keeps uh, progressing through the years, and then uh, turn pro and try and make it on the PGA Tour. Listen, best of luck in your title defense. If you have some time, El Junque, the rainforest, is a terrific spot in Puerto Rico, but I know you got some serious business to handle. Best luck, Aaron. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, folks, still to come on golf today. Speaking of beautiful spots, the, the head golf pro at Kapalua is doing some island hopping this week and making his PGA Tour debut at the Sony Open. What will the experience be like teeing it up with the pros? We'll find out next. on golf today flashback to Sunday when Big John Rahm overcame a seven-shot deficit in the final round of the Century Tournament of Champions to earn his eighth career PGA Tour victory with six back Tom Morikawa on the 13th hole. Unbelievable and closing the final round 63. I saw it in some ways still don't believe it. Well someone who's seen a lot of golf plantation course as well as Michael Costello the head golf professional at Kapalua Last September, he shot 74-74 to win the 2022 Aloha Section PGA Championship trophy. And in the process, earned a spot in this week's Sony Open. It will be his first PGA Tour start. He comes from a long line of golf professionals in his family, including his father, Ron, who was a golf pro for more than 60 years. And great to have Michael with us from the Sony Open in Hawaii. First of all, what are you most excited about this week? Uh, taking it all in, uh, tour uh, experience is uh, a chance of a lifetime for me, my first, and um, I'm just taking it all in. It's been a great first two days. I'm sure you haven't really had much time to prepare for this tournament, Michael, given that you had the world's best players at your home course where you're the head professional at Kapalua last week. So just how much preparation have you actually been able to get for the Sony Open? Well, I cheated a little bit. I tried to hit a few balls after the players got on the course uh, through the week, uh, hit some putts, uh, a little bit of, of practice. But no, I definitely don't have the same kind of preparation that I would normally want to do for a tournament like this just because of the job. But it's, it's all good. I'm excited about being here. You've written a lot about how grateful you are just to, to be in this game. How do you kind of maintain that gratitude playing alongside the PGA a tour professionals and not get too overwhelmed by your first PGA Tour start? I'm not sure. I'm taking it one step at a time. It's the players are makes it very, they make it very comfortable for me to be out there. Being that I've seen like half of them that were over at Century here this week, I run into them and of course their eyes get a little bit big to think that I'm actually playing with them. Um, so it's it's fun. Uh, they make it uh, comfortable for me, and uh, it's been uh, without much uh, stress at all. Michael, I understand you're also currently undergoing treatment for cancer that was detected early. Does something like that going on in your life put golf and even a PGA Tour debut into perspective where it really doesn't matter that much what number you write on the card at the end of the day? Well, um, I don't have cancer to control my life, even though it does change my life. Uh, 
you know, having support from my two daughters, Hayden, Michaela, and my wife, Leslie, they, they've really given me a, a lot of perspective. Uh, being able to, to uh, play in this tournament and being able to, to play as well as I have been coming into this tournament uh, just makes it that much special. I know you got a lot of perspective from your dad as well, Ron, 60-year PGA professional. You called him your mentor, your hero in an article that I read. What has he meant to you and your family of golf professionals? Uh, he's been everything for me in regards to golf. You know, he, he's a, a half-century PGA member. Uh, he's uh, been uh, a great role model for us. Uh, he definitely uh, uh, is one that we always looked up to, all, all of my brothers and my sister, uh, through this whole golfing experience and golfing career. What are your expectations when you teared up at Wiley this week, Michael? What constitutes a good week for you? Trusting what I'm doing, uh, committing to what I what I want to do out there. Uh, if if I if I commit to the uh, my abilities, um, score wise, uh, making the cut would be over the moon. I think uh, being um, realistic. Uh, but uh, the big thing is uh, my caddy Joey and I go out there and um, we'll uh, hit as many good shots as we can. If I roll the putter good, who knows uh, what will happen uh, this, this next couple, couple of days in the tournament. Now, Michael, will you allow yourself to nerd out a little bit, get in a bunker with Jordan Spieth and hit some shots or watch Hideki hitting a, a three-wood? How much will you be just a little bit of a golf fan this week? I'm nerding out every second that I'm here. <laughs> I ran into Tom, Tom Kim this morning, putting green. His eyes are wide open, saying, you're here playing? I go, yeah, I'm here playing. Uh, Adam Scott was uh, very nice. He's allowed me to play with him at 2 o'clock today in the practice round. Uh, I spent a little time with Jordan Spieth on the putting green talking about his, his putting his week, uh, his family being here on Oahu. Um, every second I'm out here, I'm nerding out. You're in the field, Michael, because you won the PGA of America's Aloha section, player of the year. You've been a pro for more than 30 years. What are the nerves going to be like on Thursday morning for you? Yeah, obviously it's a new experience. Uh, I think the nerves are good. Uh, I think I have some good processes to uh, play to my ability and, and have the nerves be a, a positive energy to the week. Well, Michael, I hope it's a lot of fairways and greens for you, my friend. Enjoy the experience. You've earned it. Best of luck. We'll speak to you down the road.